Guys, we're going to have a great episode today. Before we get into that, I want to thank you guys, the listeners, for all the support that you get. I want to remind you that you can reach out to me on Instagram. If you don't follow, follow it at jscottoutdoors. Uh, feel free to send me a DM. I love uh, corresponding with you guys about your hunts and any questions that you might have. Uh, we're going to have a great episode. I also want to thank uh, the sponsors of this podcast. I want to thank GoHunt.com. Cody Nelson, my friend of 20 plus years, he's the glassing guru, the optics authority. He's the ma optics manager over there at GoHunt.com at the gear shop. Uh, you can reach out directly uh, for info or for sales at 702-847-8747. You can also email him at optics at GoHunt.com. He also uh, gets texts from uh, my listeners at on his cell phone, 602-399-3699. Feel free to send him a text if you're looking for a certain tripod or binocular or spotting scope or rifle scope, anything to do with optics. Uh, give Cody Nelson a call or a text. I want to thank GoHunt.com also and remind you guys that the GoHunt maps, the mobile app, um, mapping apps, are now available on iTunes and Android. Uh, they have real 3D. Um, it's awesome, awesome 3D mapping on these mobile apps. Uh, you can get a free trial, a seven-day free trial, by going to gohunt.com forward slash jscott. You can also check in the show notes. I'll have it linked up. You get a seven-day free trial. That gives you access to everything in the Insider as well as uh, let you look at the, the mapping apps uh, both on the desktop and on your phone. Uh, you can also sign up uh, by going to gohunt.com and just use J. Scott, and that's going to save you $50. Uh, you're actually going to get a GoHunt gift card, $50 GoHunt gift card when you sign up. So go check it out. also want to thank Kuyu Ultralight Hunting. That's the gear that I wear on all of my hunts. Go to kuiukuyu.com. Uh, to order the gear right there that are direct to consumer model uh, so that's the only place you can get the gear as well as phonescope.com use the jscott21 promo code and you're going to get a 10 percent discount uh, guys let's get right to this episode and again thanks for listening guys welcome to the j scott outdoors podcast i've got jason bond of bond trophy outfitters on the line jason how you doing doing real good jay thanks Sounds like you've been busy uh, doing a bunch of real estate. I have. I uh, finally jumped into it this year. I think uh, May I got licensed and uh, jumped in with uh, Remax here in Flagstaff and started doing that uh, mid-May or so. So it's been going really well. I hear the market in Flagstaff is just off the hook. It is. Um, not much on the market at all, but anything that hits the market, it's gone. Yeah, so... When you have low inventory like that, obviously it makes the prices continue to go up. Um, do you think we've reached any point where it, we've become not affordable or compared to California and some of the places people are coming from, do you still, are you hearing that they think it's still affordable? I'm hearing that people that are coming from out of state think it's still affordable and they, they, they think they're getting a bargain when they come here. Now it's the Flagstaff locals that are, that are obviously struggling yeah. wages here are significant and uh you know our median house is is obviously through the roof um how much you know, do you guess, think with covid and people being able to work at home being you know flagstaff with the great climate that it has um 
how much do you think that that's helping and, and maybe a little bit of shift where people can say move out of California out of the city and come to a great place like Flagstaff and and feel like they're getting something affordable but continue with their job just like they were right at, from their home it's huge I think it's over 50 percent of the people buying houses here right now are coming from you know California um, a lot of them are looking for places that obviously one of their requirements is to have great internet service so they can work from home and Zoom meetings and stuff like that. So I think it's huge. Yeah. Um, so primarily, what type of real estate are, are you working on? Are you doing residential? Are you doing land? What are you, what are you doing? I'm doing residential um, and a little bit of land. Uh, I've been working some land deals for myself. Um, but yeah, the little bit of land that's for sale up here, uh, pretty hot commodity. Um, making a lot of phone calls on stuff that's not on the market that people are sitting on since the 70s, 80s, and 90s and kind of haven't done anything with the dirt. So trying to just touch base with those folks if they want to get rid of it. Um, but the residential is just been a word of mouth and referral based from people I know. Good. And you've gotten eight or so transactions under your belt, um, which you probably feel like a seasoned pro by now. <laughs> maybe <laughs> i got a lot more to learn but it's fun anytime you do something new it's it's at least for me it's a new challenge it's fun it's uh you know challenges your brain challenges everything so and you're learning something new and something i've always been interested in and always done well in the last 20 years or so all the real estate deals i've done by myself it's just like hunting uh you know i've had a handful of of people reach out to me in the last say year or so and want to go to real estate school and you know get into real estate and and most of them have been hunters and and sportsmen and fishermen i said well you know do you like sneaking along a bank and looking for a big brown trout feeding you know in a lie and yeah i said well yep. do you like uh you know getting up early and go out and gla getting up on a point and glassing and see what you can find yeah i said well you're going to love real estate then if you go in with that mindset that you know you're you're a hunter and you're looking for opportunity you're looking for properties where maybe someone's not spotting the value or or just if if you're looking for that hot commodity it's almost like looking for the same buck that everybody's looking for um, I think the key, and, and I'm curious your thoughts, the key I've always told people is you got to know what you're looking for. In essence, you hike up to a knob on the strip and you find a, you know, a 205, 210 buck on a rough year, you know that's a giant buck, whereas some people that don't have the experience might go up and expecting a 230, 240, and you, you, you get over there and you kill that 210 buck and you shoot the biggest buck of the year. Same thing with real estate. Curious your thought on that. Oh, 100%. I agree. You know, and I, I think it is a lot like hunting or fishing. I mean, if you sit in camp and wait for something to show up, a lot of times nothing's going to show up while you're sitting there in camp. If you're, if you're out there busting your butt, things are going to happen for you. And the more you know it, the more you're going to you're going to benefit from it. I mean, that's, that's all there is to it. It's exactly that analogy you're using about the 205 buck this year. If somebody goes up there with the 220 expectation on the strip this year, you're going to lose. I mean, that, that's just what you're going to do. So, yeah. you know, um, we'll, we'll get into the hunting. One more thing is I, I tell a lot of people that are getting into real estate, look at as many properties as you can, make mental notes, take pictures, understand what people are paying for the product. Therefore, when you do have a client 
that you're listing their house or if you've got buyers, you you automatically can get the spot value. And maybe it's you show enough houses in Flagstaff that you realize when, you know, you get that certain, you know, peaks view or you walk out on the patio and the houses that don't face the peaks don't get as much or, or just little things that you can pick up on, the more properties that you can go into just like the more rams, the more bucks, the more bulls that you can that you can look at, get your hands on, it just makes you more experienced and be able to spot a good one when when you find it. Exactly. Yeah. Um, That's exactly it. So, congrats on the real estate. Uh, so, everything I'm hearing on the deer front, uh, on the Kaibab and on the Strip, is I mean. I, I just got off the phone with Dwayne Adams, did a podcast with him. He said it's the worst he's seen the Kaibab in 40 years um, as far as antler growth size. I, I got to be honest, kind of going into um, coming out of summer, I was hearing some reports that the Kaibab was actually doing okay and that the strip was going to be rough. But it sounds like the Kaibab, obviously they killed that big like 255 or 260 buck, some whatever it was, giant buck. But... Overall, it sounds like the Kaibab's way down as well. You know, it is, and, and I mean, that was expected, at least I, I expected it. Um, I, I, I knew it was going to be a below-than-average year on the Kaibab, by all means, but, you know, I don't know how that buck grew from last year to this year, why he did what he did. Uh, it, it just doesn't make any sense, but yeah, that was a big old giant deer they killed with the auction hunter. Um I was up there for the champ. That was my first one of the year, which was, oh, I think September 18th or so is about when that opened. Uh, we killed a great buck opening day, uh, mid, uh, low 190s buck. Um, you know, and we, we didn't get a whole lot of chance to look around. I found that buck opening morning. And I was looking for a couple other mid 190s bucks that I knew about uh, Thursday and Wednesday. And then, uh, couldn't turn them up, so I went to a different spot, turned this other buck up, and we, we shot him when he stood up from his bed um, that Friday afternoon. This is on the Kaibab Archery? This is the early champ rifle hunt. So okay. the champ, okay. yeah, there's 10, 10 tags on that champ hunt. Um, it's a rifle hunt, starts right after the archery hunt. Okay. Uh, so that that's probably the best buck I've heard about killed up there other than that auction hunt. I did hear of a couple on the early hunt that scratched that 190 mark, um, two that were about 180, 175, but not much other than that kill. Um, so I what do you do, my... Jason, with you know, with everything you're hearing and I'm hearing, these guys that are sitting on Kaibab late tags and strip late tags, I mean, if, if you value your experience of getting your chance to shoot a big buck and, you know, certainly if you're in the high point totals you've got to think about giving your tag back if you just drew a random tag then then i don't see any harm in, in hunting it but what would you do well you know it all boils down to your points and and your expectations like so, you know so, some people are have a lot of points and they draw a tag and they're going to be tickled pink with the 170 175 buck if that's if that's your objective that's your goal you're happy with that go hunt it if if you have these ambitions and these dreams of shooting you know, a true 190-plus buck, a 200-inch-plus buck, you know, turn the tag back in because it's not going to happen this year. If you drew with, you know, as a resident, less than 14 points, 
think about hunt it. If you drew with obviously less than eight or nine points, definitely hunt it. Um, you know, but if you're a non-resident, you know, there's a hundred people left in the max point pool. Um, if you're putting in for just 13B and 13A, it could still, you know, losing four hunters per year out of that hundred tags. That's a tough call because you could go another 25 years before you burn through a hundred non-residents in the max pool. So you're, well, I don't want to say you're guaranteed not to kill a 200-inch buck this year, but you're going to be one of the only ones that kill a 200-inch buck this year if you if you drew a strip tag. So, um, yeah, I, I, it boils down how many points you have, how old you are, um, how your health is, if you think you're going to get lucky again and draw. Um, if you didn't, if you've got 10 points, I mean, hell, you might as well have three points. I mean, you know, that, that yeah. doesn't matter if you're putting in for the strip. Because by the time you hit 25 points, the max pool is going to be 35. So, you you know, the, the point creep you're just never going to catch. I mean, you got to hunt it. you got to go up there. I've got a couple of real good friends that drew the 13B tag. They're, they are heading up today. Um, I told them, find you a good-looking, heavy, wide buck to shoot. Don't worry about the score. He's going to be crapped out. He's not going to have extras. But find you a good old, heavy, pipey freaking deer and, and hammer him. Um, that's what you're going up there for, you know, and they had ambitions of killing one ninety plus buck. And I told them you're doing phenomenal. If you kill one ninety buck this year on the strip, if you can, if you can get a crack at a one eighty buck, you better take it. How do you think this, um, sits for next year with feed conditions? I'm hearing on the strip look really good. Widespread. Um, yeah. do you think enough bucks are going to, are you know, enough guys are not going to shoot bucks that will actually create some great holdover bucks for next year? I think it depends on the point holders um, and people's mentality. So if the point holders turn their tags back in, you're going to have a new class of people that have them. Like today I got a call from Eddie Corona with OE4A. They got two 13A tags turned back in. Um, looks like my buddy, uh, that his daughter has CF, but... She picked up a 13B antelope tag this year, went up there, killed a great buck on the antelope hunt by somebody turning it back in. Well, she's got offered up a 13A tag. You get a hunter like that, I mean, they're going to go up there and they're going to kill a buck. Um, so it depends who's who's keeping and holding the tags and who's turning them back. I think anybody that goes up there that's paid attention is going to know that they better shoot the first 180 buck they see. So I don't know that the success rate's going to be down. I mean, we run high, you know, 84 to 88% success rate on the strip hunts, um, which is absolutely huge compared to other units. Um, but I, I don't know that the success rate's going to drop that much. I think it's still going to be 80% success rate on the strip. So in other words, there's probably going to be a, a bunch of young deer that just get pounded because they're halfway decent looking and and that's just the reality of it exactly that or you're going to have a bunch of really good deer get shot that don't look really good this year right um so you know the the best buck i know about in 13b is probably going to go 210 maybe 215 he's obviously going to get a ton of attention uh 13a is going to i think outperform 13b again um the 13a's got i don't know half a dozen bucks i know that are going to hit 200 um, all those are going to get a lot of attention. 
So, you know, the Arabs do it. It's picking up a tag here in the next day or two or the next week for the, the 13A hunt. Um, you're going to go up there and just, just hammer something. Yeah. Um, so I, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be a grind for guys, and, and I think, you know, I don't have any hunters on 13B or 13A. Uh, I might run up there to 13A with my buddy's daughter, um, but outside of that, I'm not I'm not stepping foot up there with any hunters. I, I just had a ton of calls this year for hunts, and right off the bat, everybody was talking 210s and 220s and two 200 pluses and 230s, and I, I just assume not book those guys on a year like this because I'm not going to disappoint anybody with that. Yeah, for sure. Um, what about elk? Um, do you have any late elk uh, plans? Yeah, I'll be out in 10 for elk and then down in uh, 40B Gila's for sheep uh, after the deer hunts. So I'll be up on 12B West Lake, 12A West Lake, um, and then out to 10 for elk and running down for 40B sheep, Gila's. Gotcha. So you're still going to do the Kaibab hunts for deer? Yep. Yep. I'll be back up on the late Kaibab. I didn't do any on the early Kaibab, which is the first year, I think, in 26 or 7 years I've missed it. Um but I'll be up there for the late hunts. And my guides that were up there for the early hunt, uh, they they said since about Tuesday or Wednesday last week, they started seeing significantly more deer moving into 12B and, and uh, 12A West. So I'm expecting it to be okay. I don't know that it's going to be great, um, but I think the possibilities there for guys that want to kill 180-plus bucks, uh, you know, we had a buck that was probably 210, on uh, on the early hunt, uh, he made it through. So we'll try to track that one down. Um, there, there's definitely a few good bucks around. So I, but, uh, it's 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 not going to be a great year, but I, I, there's going to be some good bucks still on. Um, the deer, give me the report on the deer moving. Are they already moving to to low country rapidly? Not rapidly. There's some. Um, it was a tough early hunt especially for the 12B guys, 12B West. Uh, had a giant, obviously, killed in 12B, uh, 230s buck. Um, and he was significantly down from the year before. But that buck got killed in, in, in the sands. Uh, the 12B West hunt was a tough one. Like I said, Tuesday or Wednesday, they started getting more deer into the unit um, and some of that winter range for 12A West. But there's still a lot of deer, you know, all the way up to the highway. They're spread spread throughout the whole thing. And then with this warm front we've had, um, you know, they could be about anywhere. And then the hunts obviously bumped up this year. It falls on that rotation where it's early. So, you know, Rhett's going to be probably a little bit behind on the hunt. If, if, if you can only hunt about half the hunt, you want to hunt the back half. A friend of mine up on the Ponsagant said they just had horrible antler growth up there um really really tough to find any deer over 180 inches up there yeah yeah i think i think the kaibab is going to be the same way um there'll be there'll be some bucks killed over 180 but for the most part i think we're going to see the kaibab special 130 to 150s <laughs> um that's what we're going to see yeah so, right on man um it's a it's a bit of a grind this year and, and you know I think the biggest decision guys got to make, um, don't, don't have these expectations that you're going to go hunt something that's not there. Um, so 
if you've got that point, especially as a resident, the non-residents have a lot tougher decision to make. But as a resident, you really got to balance it out when you think you can draw again. And uh, if a big deer is what you're really after, then this isn't the year to be doing that. In your opinion, as far as antler growth goes for deer, what we're seeing is the ramifications of super dry conditions going into when they started growing their antlers, right? So in other words, the rains came, but they came too late in the growing period and they had, they had to put too much into their body before they could even start putting it into their antlers. Is that, is that what you would say is the, was a hundred percent, you know, and I, I heard people say, Oh, well, the deer grow later than the elk. And I mean, we don't get rains till July. The deer are done growing the first, second week of August. I mean, we're, that grass and, and the feed's not going to explode magically in two to three weeks and all of a sudden start sprouting out their antlers like a, like a tumbleweed, you know, um, it's just too late. And, and what really hurt them was the previous year and the previous year from that. So we had two bad bad monsoons, and then we had pretty poor winters. So these deer went into winter unhealthy, got done with the rut unhealthy, had fawns. Fawns were getting killed. Fawn survival rates down. Um, uh, our deer numbers are going to drop if we don't start doing something with these tags and cutting them back a little bit. Uh, but, yeah, yeah. You know, you can get these rains in July. It's not going to do anything for antler growth. Maybe on the coos deer down south, they're still growing into, you know, first, second week of September. But, you know, those mule deer on the north rim, they're done growing that first week of August. Yeah. So it, in anything that's coming, you know, starting what I say monsoon season being July 4th, July 10th, it's just too late. I mean, it's just not going to have it. They've got to be healthy going into that antler growth season. They've got to be, they've got to be healthy in March, April, May, but they also can't go into winter as, as dreaded out as they have the last two years. And that's, what's really killed it the last two years. Well, I think this year, the conditions on the range, you know, range conditions this year, they ought to be good going into winter, at least this season. If we could have a decent winter, they, they could turn their, turn their tide you know turn the tide and turn everything around for sure next yeah. next year you know if, depending we have a decent winter if, even if it's just decent winter um next year is going to be awesome yeah Jason, so i think there'll be, there'll be some deer that explode that were three years old four years old they're going to explode and, and, and they're going to be that turnover book that was you know down 20 inches this year or 30 inches this year he's going to pick up another 30 inches next year he's going to be 50 to 60 inches bigger the following year yeah Buddy, it's always great having you on the podcast. Appreciate you taking us, uh, taking your time here to, to chat with us. Um, congrats with the success of the real estate. I want to give you a I chance to it. let people know how they can reach out to you, get a hold of you. Um, what's the best way? Yeah, best way is my cell phone. Just give me a call, 928-637-8378. Um, you can find me on Instagram and Facebook under Bond Trophy Outfitters, uh, but just shoot me a text or a call. You're probably the best way to get a hold of me. Um, any questions you got on these upcoming hunts, I'll be around for over oh, the next five, six days, something like that before I'm, I'm going to hit the road. All right, buddy. Sounds good. Take care. God bless. All right. Thanks. All right. Bye. bye.